This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on this subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Are you going to be quiet? You're going to be quiet? Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I I was just talking to my cat before the show started. I I, I don't know what's gotten into her lately. Uh, Some of the shows lately have been, uh, she's made a guest appearance on them. I did, an, I did an unpackaging thing video that I put on the Facebook of this wonderful uh, comic book cover adorned uh, uh, fleece blanket that I just got. And, you know, she had to get part of that video too. So, what are you going to do? Anyway, <clears throat> I only have one regret in life. Well, actually, I have lots of regrets. But for the for this story, I only have one. Uh, way back in 1970 or so, might have been 1969, might have been 1971, but somewhere in that era, uh, era um, my parents uh, decided that they were going to go on a vacation together uh, out to California to visit family and decided uh, they were going to do that without dragging us kids along. No kids for them. And uh, so, well, they had four kids that were not old enough to take care of themselves uh, in 1970 or so. So what they ended up doing was uh, my older brother, Bob, he went to live or to stay with uh, Uncle Jack and Aunt Flo. Uncle Jack was my mom's one of my mom's brothers. Uh, my sister, she's next in line in the family uh, of the kids. My sister, she went, as I recall, to stay with a friend of hers family for that week or two weeks or however long it was. And then my younger brother Steve and I went to stay with Uncle Gil and Aunt Shirley. Uh, the Uncle Gil was my mother's uncle, so he would be our great uncle. Um, but it was a situation where uh, m- uh, my mom's uncles were n- from from her mother's side, her mother's brothers, were not all that much older than my mom. So, you know, but anyway, so they were, we just called them uncle. Yeah. Anyways, um, so Steve and I went to live, or stay, I shouldn't say live, because it sounds like you're moving in and staying for a long time. No, we went for the week or two over to Uncle Gill's and Aunt Shirley's. And this is something you should know about me. Uh, when I was a kid, I was incredibly f- uh, fussy when it came to food. I was a finicky eater. 
uh, of the highest order. I turned my nose up to lots and lots of food. I was just not, I just, just if I didn't like the smell of it, I probably wasn't going to like the taste of it, which is generally still, I think, a rule a, a, the way most people are. They don't like the smell of something, they're not going to like the taste of it. Because uh, smell and taste are connected. You know, if you can't, if you're, if you're, if your nose isn't working really well and you can't smell, like you've got the COVID or you got a stuffed up nose, uh, eating something when you can't smell it, it does affect the taste of it. It's the maybe the taste is uh, you get less of a taste from it. That's my understanding anyway. Could be wrong. Set me straight if I am wrong. Send me an email to uh, to Doctor Dim at dimland.com. D R D I M at dimland.com. But anyway, I just I just did not. I was not. Uh, a big eater. Uh, but Steve, my younger brother, on the other hand, he would eat you know pretty much anything put in front of him. I, I, I don't think he had too many things that he disliked as a kid. So um, my uncle, Uncle Gil, was getting a little... Uh, his patience was being tried. And I, I think he attempted to pull a little psychology on me and uh, uh, one one evening when I was uh, refusing to eat something at dinner, and uh, he just he just he just laid into me. You know, he says, uh, "You look at look at your little brother there. Look at your little brother sitting there. Look at him. He's eating his food. He's cleaning his plate. You don't see him refusing any food, turning his nose up to it." Now these aren't his exact words, but it's close enough, right? Okay, close enough between friends. He says, you don't see him refusing to eat anything. You know what's going to happen? He's pointing at me. He says, you know what's going to happen as you guys grow up? You know, little your little brother Steve, or Stevie as we called him then, and I was called Jimmy. It's, I don't know why it was. You know, when you're kids, you got to put an E at the end of the name. Bob was Bobby. Nancy was, was Nancy. And, and anyway, so we just, he just says to me, you know, Stevie's going to grow up, and he's going to be so much taller than you, He's going to be bigger than you. He's going to look down at you, and he's going to say, look at you, you wouldn't eat your food. This is what's going to happen. You know, he's trying to, you know, psych me. I just kind of, you know, oh, no, I can't have my little brother end up being taller than me, bigger than me. I, I can't have that happen. Well, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I, you know, I looked at my uncle. I said, well, sir, be that as it may. I mean, who knows what the future holds. Uh, I'm still not eating those green beans, okay? Just not doing it. <laughs> you want to force me to eat them? You're going to see me start retching, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> so he says, all right, you go, to, you go to bed without any supper, that kind of thing. I think Aunt Shirley decided to uh, um, uh, show mercy on me. I think she came in and uh, got me a glass of milk or a sandwich or something or both. I don't know. But anyway, uh that is, you know, and it, that that little story I just told you, which is true, and it's, as best in my memory, it's it's as accurate as I as my memory can be. You know, memory is not videotape, but that is the one thing I remember of that entire time of staying with with uh, Uncle Gil and Aunt Shirley while my parents were out in California. Just that's the one memory I have of that entire time. The only thing, I think the other thing that, that I can remember from that uh, time was that my older brother, who I, I, in 1970, he would have been 
he would have been uh, nine. He would have turned nine that year. If it was a little later, that he might have been ten. I think he got to go see. I think it was during that that sequestering with our family members that Bob got to go see uh, uh, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes. I could be wrong on that because it depends on when that movie came out. It, that might have been another time when us kids were shuffled off to family, if there was another time. See? Memory's not videotape. I don't remember everything. But of that particular uh, uh, time, that's the one thing I remember. So the regret is that uh, I didn't get a chance to um, you know, be at a family reunion uh, as, a, as, a, as an adult with my aunts and uncles. Um, you know, when you get to that point where your aunts and uncles allow you to be a little more fresh with them, you know, a little, you know, joke with them on a more of a level plane, like a, as an equal, because you're not a kid anymore, and they let you get, you don't have to call me uncle, you don't have to call me aunt, you just, you know, when you get that kind of level, some, it, it, it depends, it depends on the person. But when you get there and you can tease them a little bit where you couldn't when you were a kid, see, I would have loved to have had that uh, uh, that family reunion, and we'd had a, a few, and uh, where I brought, you know, I you know, Uncle Gil and Aunt Shirley be sitting somewhere, and then I say, Steve, Steve, come here, come here, come with me, come with me, come on, come on, come on, and go on over, and and uh, uh, and and say, hey, Uncle Gil, hey, uh, yeah, he says, yeah, what's up? And I said, you know, uh, you remember that time. That uh, Steve and I, uh, we came to uh, to stay with you and and it's really because you know mom and dad were off gallivanting in, in California. Remember, remember that time? Remember and remember what you said when I was a finicky eater. You weren't too happy about it. Oh boy, I remember that. Yeah. Well, remember what you said to me about how uh, as we got older, Steve was going to get so much taller than me. Well, <laughs> look who uh, looks looks like you're wrong. See, in my immediate family. I'm the tallest. Uh, I'm six foot, maybe a hair over. If I'm in my shoes, I'm six foot one, maybe a hair over. So, you know, depending on you know if I'm wearing my heels or not. And you know, I'm taller than Steve. I'm taller than my brother Bob. I'm taller, than, way taller than Nancy. And now I'm way taller than my parents because they've shrunk. But I've always, but I, I shot up, but taller than my dad when he was still relatively at his highest height. And I'm just, I just am. I'm just taller. And so, um, excuse me, i got to throw something at the cat. <laughs> now, again, I don't hit the cat when I throw something at her. <laughs> it just gets near her, and she runs off. Anyway, uh, and, and I'm one of the, I'm at the taller end of the family that I know of, of the extended family. I have a, a cousin that is uh, on my dad's side. Uh, the son of one of my uh, of my uncle Wally, which was one of my dad's brothers, uh, he's he's I think like six two or six three, so he's taller than I am, and I think his brother uh, might also be t taller than me. I know at some point, uh, the last time I saw him, he was, and I imagine he probably still is, uh, and there may be others that I'm unaware of, but I'm at the taller end of the entire family, so I would have been able. To say this to Uncle Gil, I say, "Hey, take a look, take a look here, huh? See, huh? See, I, you were, you were wrong." And I'd say, "Oh, and by the way, I believe I'm taller than you." Yeah, but you see, it's a regret I have because, well, 
Uncle Gil died when he was in his 50s, and I never got that chance. I don't know, is it a regret when somebody else dies that you didn't get a chance to be a jerk to him? <laughs> I don't know. Would I have been a jerk to him if I had done something like that? Uh, what's to say? And I, um, I posted this on Facebook today. As long as I'm in this reminiscing of my youth and my height, a, a lot of my height comes from my legs. I have, I, apparently I have long legs. And, uh, and it's something I've noticed later in life when I'd be sitting next to, say, my friend Dave, and Dave and I sit, you know, as we're sitting next to each other, it looks like, you know, we're about the same height. But as we stand up, I'm, I, I'm an inch or two taller than him. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I, just, and I think, but it's got to be in the legs, right? It's got to be there, unless I'm wearing my heels. And anyway, so um, there was this picture of me at about age 13, roughly. And I'm wearing really short bathing trunks, almost Speedos, <laughs> almost, but not quite. And a, and, a, and, a, and a muscle shirt or a tank top or you know, sleeveless tee, something like that. And I'm standing on the beach uh, of a lake in Wisconsin uh, at this resort that we used to go to uh, in the summer for our vacations as a family. And, and there's this kid standing with me, and I, I forget what his name was, but uh, we palled around for a couple of days. He was up there vacationing with his family at the same time. We just palled around for a couple of days. And my mom took this picture, and oh my God. <laughs> or lack thereof, my legs go up to, you know, I, I often joke about this, my legs go up to just under my nipples. <laughs> it's just, it's insane. It's, I, it's, I, and my mom, she had a little, you know, she, she, we were over at, uh, at my parents' place, uh, brought Hayden and Amy over last Saturday, and, and we're looking through some pictures, and, the, and Mom said something about me. She says, what, have you told them what I, what I called you when you were born? When I, and I said, no. And said, well, he was just all arms and legs. And we just, I called him my little spider. He's just all arms and legs. <laughs> yep. Just all legs. I don't know about the arms part, but uh, I suppose they somewhat match. But yeah, that's uh well, if I post that picture, be warned. It's uh yeah, it, it, I, it's well, you know, that's just that's what I look like. Well, now it's time for me to take my break, I think. Yeah, I'll take my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I will return. Station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 coffee. coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. But you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hey y'all. 
this is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh**. Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, that last song that was playing out of my bumper there is a song called Invaders of the Heart. It's by Cheap Trick. It's off of their 1980-something, 83 album called Next Position, Next Position Please. Uh, it starts off with the guys goofing. They're, they're playing uh, the opening of, uh, of uh, uh, My Generation by The Who. And then they, they realize they're playing the wrong song, and they start off with their with their track, Invaders of the Heart. It's funny. It's it's uh, it's funny. Uh, speaking of the Who, um, actually, <laughs> I'm gonna make you wait on that. I'm gonna do <laughs> just a stinker. I'm gonna do one of these. Now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Yeah, well, uh, it does come with a warning. This pedantic moment might be a lengthy one, and uh, it's a warning to sports ballers. It's about baseball. I miss baseball. We're in the off season. We're waiting for. Pitchers and catchers to report in February. Is that when they go in? January, February, I think it is. So that we can get spring training going in March. That's just, we're just that's that's what we baseball fans are waiting for. But on the YouTube, uh, Major League Baseball, or they well they have a, an official YouTube channel that's they just MLB, Major League Baseball. And this past Monday, uh, which was November 29th, uh, they um, uh, posted an, uh, just over an hour-long video, which they titled "The Top 100 Plays 
of 2021 of the of, you know of the just this past season. All right, now <clears throat> I'm gonna try and not get too worked up about this because it's not really that big of a deal. It's just me being pedantic. It's just that's all it is. It's just me being pedantic. But the first thing I wanted to point, and there's a few things in this that I'm going to be pedantic about. And the first thing of, of it is, is uh, well, the video uh, is just lots of clips, you know, a hundred of them. A little more than that, actually, because a couple of them, they doubled up. Uh, but anyway, so it's, it's a, you know, well, the top plays of the 2021 season. Uh, and it the, the first pedantic moment of that that I have is that they show a lot of home runs. Now a home run can be very exciting, can be a lot of fun. Uh, they can, you know, it, it, it can be fantastic if, uh, if, if a home run wins the game for the home team. You know, it's a walk-off win. It's in the bottom of the ninth or 11th or you know, the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, whatever, whatever inning it might be, if the home team hits a home run and they get they go ahead in the score, they win. It's a walk off win. That's what they call it, walk off. Not necessarily a home run to be a walk off win, but you know, and and it, if it's a grand slam, if there's if the bases are loaded with runners and and a grand slam is hit and the grand slam wins the game, that's that's great. That's I mean that's that's it. That's quite exciting. And it can be. I mean, especially and sometimes if the homer is just one of those monster shots that just goes on forever, it seems, then that's cool. Uh, a couple of the home runs that they that they had on the list were were milestone home runs, uh, both for Miguel Cabrera. One was his 350th home run playing uh, for the uh, Detroit Tigers, which he's played for for a long time, uh, but he didn't start out playing for them. He had you know played for quite a long time before that. And he and, and so the next home run that they showed on the list of his was his hitting his 600th career home run. Now he didn't fit, hit 250 home runs in the season. Nobody's done that. <laughs> the most is like 70 something, 74. I think it's the record. Uh, anyway, it's so the, the the second you know, and that's it's for Miguel Cabrera, those sports ballers that don't know anything about this, he's a catcher. And for a catcher to hit 600 home runs, that is pretty impressive. They generally, catchers don't generally hit lots and lots of home runs. And he's, you know, he's up, he's got 600 plus probably now. So, okay. But to see the, the pedantry there is, is a home run a play? And I don't mean like a Broadway play, you know, a sports play. Is it a play? Is it really a play? It's hitting a ball out of the park. There's what's what what is the play involved? The the pitch? I mean, is a pitch for a strike is that a play? I it's I I I I have some difficulty with that. So I I consulted my friend Michael, who also loves baseball as much as I do. And I said I asked him I said, "Do you think a home run is a play in base you know do you think it's a play and he says uh, in his opinion he thinks no uh, but for the purpose of this top 100 plays of 2021 I'll I'll go with it I'll accept it I mean both Michael and I agreed that an inside the park home run that's where the ball is hit way out but it doesn't go out of the park it doesn't go into the seats it bounces off the wall or it hits at some place in the outfield where the the, the the fielder just is it can't get to the ball right away. 
and the guy that's hitting the ball is fast enough to get around the bases before that ball is thrown in to home plate to get him. And that can be very exciting. There's a lot involved in there. And yeah, that's a play. That's getting, you know, the fielder is trying to get to the ball to get it into home plate to get the guy out. The guy that's running has to be able to judge how's my speed, how far are they from being able to get that ball, how far am I along on the bases, can I make it home, you know, is the catcher good enough to, to get it and tag me, can I make it, can, you know, there's, there's things involved, there's, me, there's moving parts that, that's more than just hitting the ball out of the park, watch it go out, and then do your trot around the bases. That's, is, you know. But anyway, as I said, and like I said, Michael agreed with me that an inside-the-park home run certainly is a play. And for the purpose of this list, I said, okay, I'm going to accept that a, a home run is a play because there's going to be a lot of them in the top 100. It's, it's a lot of them are going to be home runs. <clears throat> So that was, you know, that's a that's 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 the minor pedantic moment of this of this major this bigger pedantic moment. The other thing that I had uh, in here was that uh, coming in at and speaking of home runs, coming in at forty one of the top one hundred plays, coming in at forty one was a home run that was hit in the All Star game. Now you have to know this: the All Star game is an exhibition game. It doesn't count, and, and it's my and I, I could be wrong in this. And again, if I'm wrong, email me and let me know I'm wrong. Give me the source that I can check and make sure that I'm right, or that you're right that I'm wrong or whatever. Um, that if you if a player hits a home run during the All Star game, it doesn't count. It, it it's 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 not it's not something that counts as a uh, on their records. I think. You know, I think it's just regular season home runs. I think the postseason home runs count in their in their total, but it it I, I don't know. There's it's it's the mystery of baseball and how they count stuff <laughs> for me anyway. But it's just the game doesn't even count. What are you? Why are you showing that home run? Why 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 is that at 41? It's in the top half of the 100 plays. Uh, I was a little eh about that one. Here's the next one I was eh about. Coming in at 51, just after, just before they get to the top half of the plays, 51 is Pete Alonso winning the home run derby. Okay, that's not even a game. I mean, I guess you can kind of think of it as a game, but it's it's players that are invited. You know, the the big time hitters. They're say, hey, do you want to participate in this home run derby? They get a certain number of players to come in and do it, and they just see how many home runs they can hit in a allotted amount of time. And they go through tiers. You know, they they, they go head to head against uh, 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 another player, and the one that wins in that pairing moves on to the next round. And they go through these rounds until finally you get to this last pair, and whoever gets the most home runs in that round. Is the is the home run derby champion, and apparently Pete Alonso hit enough home runs that he's he's the champion. And this was the he he, he won the last home run derby before this one, so he's a two time and he's a defending champion. So okay, but that's that's not even a game. It's not, how is it a play? How, what what is it doing there? <laughs> is the thing that I, I look this. Why is it there? Why is it at fifty one? Okay. I haven't hit the, the big one yet. Here's the big one. In baseball, 
there is something that happens. It's a defensive play that is exceedingly rare. It can happen a few times in a season, but it is very rare, and it's a wonder to see. It, it takes skill and, and having their, their heads in the game, you know, a good thinking process, and knowing what to do to pull this off. The elements all have to fit for it to work, and it, it doesn't come together very often because it's just the, the, the situation, uh, it just doesn't, even though it might present itself that it could happen, you, you can have a situation where you have two men on, and a man at the plate, and nobody out, where something could happen. What I'm talking about is the triple play. The triple play is getting three outs in one play. Uh, you know, you get two men on base, nobody out, and the hitter, they, they hit into a triple play. I'll, 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 I'll describe the, the triple play that shows up on this list at position 94. 94. There are 93 plays better than this triple play. And it's with the, the Minnesota Twins turn the triple play. I forget who they were playing. They had a man, the, the team they're playing had a man on first and a man on second. The guy at the plate is going to bunt the ball. And what his intention is... To, when he bunts the ball, that means it's just like catching the ball with the bat and just kind of directing it straight right down to the ground so that it rolls along either the first base side or the third base side and stays fair. And that forces the, 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 the defending team to field that ball and throw out the guy who laid down the bunt. And the other two runners get to move up a base and get into scoring position. And you know, and it's a, it doesn't count against the hitter. It goes as a sacrifice, and it's you know that's that was the intent of the hitter playing the Twins that day. He's got two men on, one on first, one on second. He bunts the ball. He was expected to bunt the ball. The the players are playing it a little bit to cut the distance between him and the ball, and, and so the, or the player uh, hitting and and where the ball might end up. And first baseman for the Twins. Charges in as the bunt is taking place. The, the the guy makes contact with the ball, but instead of it going down to the ground, it pops in the air. And so that means the first baseman for the Twins, he's able to catch the ball in the air. That's one out. Now the two runners, as soon as that hitter made contact with the ball, they start running to the next base, assuming that the ball is going to touch the ground, you know, so they can move ahead. It has to touch the ground. If they if they if it doesn't touch the ground, the guys catch it. They and they want to try and get to the next base. They have to go back, tag the base, and try to go back and try to run again. It's but there's no way they're going to do that now. These guys who are started running, they see that that the first baseman has caught the ball. They have to hightail it back to the base that they were on. Well, first baseman for the Twins throws to the person that's covering second base. That guy catches the ball, tags the base. Gets that guy that was running from second. He's out. That's two outs now. The guy that got the out at second base has still got the ball. He starts to run toward the runner that's heading back to first base. Just kind of follows him a little bit. And then he throws the ball to the Twins player that's covering first now. That guy catches the ball. Tags the bag before the runner gets back to it. Three outs. Triple play. It's very exciting when it happens. It's awesome. 
and it's rare. How rare, you ask? How rare is a triple play? How rare is a triple play? Well, let me tell you. <clears throat> In a regular season of baseball, there are 100, you know, each team plays 162 games. There are 30 teams. You cut that 30 in half because the teams play each other. So you take 15 times 162, you get 2,430 games. There are 2,430 games played in a regular season of baseball. Uh, in the season of uh, uh, last year, the, the 2021 season. In that season, there was only uh, there was one game short of that. There's 2,429 games played. There was a game that was postponed that was supposed to be between the Atlanta Braves and the and the Colorado Rockies that, that was postponed due to weather, I suppose. And it got to a part of the season where they could make it up, and it was late in September, and the league looked at the standings and everything, and if the game had been played, it wouldn't make a difference. Uh, Atlanta was going to the playoffs, and the Rockies weren't. And if the Rockies had won that game, it wouldn't have changed the situation. If the Adla Atlanta had won the game, it wouldn't have changed the situation. It wouldn't have mattered. So they decided just to scratch the game. And the league was fine. You know, the, play the teams were fine with it. They knew it wasn't going to make a difference. So, okay, they didn't play the game. So that's why it was one short of the 2,430. So of the 2,429 games played in the 2021 season, how many home runs do you suppose were hit? Well, I'll tell you, 5,944. 5,944 home runs were hit in the 2021 regular season. How many double plays were there? Now, a double play is where you get two guys out in one play. Those are much more common, and a lot of double plays are pretty routine. Some of them are, can be kind of exciting. And, and a couple double plays did make the um, uh, top 100 plays of 2021 list. They did make that. A couple of them did. But they're the more, they're closer. There's something a little uh, uh, spectacular that's done during that double play. Uh, very heads up of, uh, of the defenders. And, and, you know, it's just something that made it a little different. Because double plays can be fairly routine. Well, of the double, the number of, total number of double plays that took place, in the 2021 season was 3,831. Triple plays. How many triple plays? Five. Five triple plays. Three of them made the top 100 plays of the 2021 season list as compiled by Major League Baseball. Three of them. The Twins came in at 94. The Cincinnati Reds turned to triple play. They came in at 90. The hated Yankees, they turned three triple plays. The other three of the five. The, the hated Yankees did them. Only one of them showed up. And that was at position number 27, which is a respectable position for the triple play. That's a respectable one. I would have had all five triple plays within the top 25, but fine. At 27, the Yankees triple play, that was their third of the season, made it up that high. And that's why it was that high, because it was the third one. They didn't show the other two. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't place on the list. But a home run, a winner of a home run derby makes the list. I, I, you know, catches at the wall before the ball goes out of the park. A bunch of those made the list. A diving catch, a bunch of those made the list. Sure, they're spectacular to watch, but they happen much more often than triple plays. I I just I said, what? So 
not to just throw this in my you know in my my pedantic tantrum which i'm trying to stay calm about it really i am i do have a way that the major major league baseball could have avoided my whole pedantry my whole you know i might have I might have quibbled at the placement of certain plays at where they were, you know, uh, within this list if they hadn't called it the top 100 plays of 2021, but instead called it the top 100 highlights of 2021. Then you can have a home run in the All-Star game. Then you can have the uh, you know, Pete Alonso winning the uh, home run derby. Those are highlights of the season. It doesn't. They're not. They're not plays where where I get. I question. You know, well, is a home run a play or is it not? Uh, there and it just would have worked so much better, and it would have saved me <laughs> a little bit of grief. But then I guess I wouldn't have had a segment on my show. <laughs> so. What do you know? Uh, anyway, um, I do miss baseball. I'll link to the to the thing so you can watch it and see what I'm talking about and and see some pretty incredible plays. I mean, there's there's just really something. I, I catch at the wall, perfectly timed, so that the, the that the fielder gets up there and catches it just just before it goes out of the park. That is pretty spectacular. And some of these diving catches that they make that these players will make. And there's one in there where a player doesn't seem like he could do something like that. And he does it. He seems like he's he's a little big. He's a bit of a bigger guy. He doesn't. He's not as lithe as uh, as uh, Byron Buxton, who he has a, a play like that where he makes a diving catch. But this guy, he does it. And there's, there's just some wonderful stuff on there. But call it highlights, not plays. Okay, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm headed for my second break, just in the nick of time, because I'm going to be coughing like a son of a gun when this I go to break. Um, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say, and how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. 
Join the Gorilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team, and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt-med claims, substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but, as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please, join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The time is, is now. now. Music by PurplePlanet.com. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, and uh, when I came out of that first break, I said, and speaking of the Who, something like that, because there was that song that had a little bit of Who thing in there. If I was any kind of a producer, I would have had that song coming out of the second break, but who knew? I, I didn't know if I would get to this thing before this, uh, before my second break or not, so I just put it there. So, you know, sue me. <laughs> um... Uh, my friend Craig uh, shared with me a, uh, a video uh, that was uh, put up on the YouTube, uh, part of uh, GQ Magazine's YouTube channel uh, presence, and it was a uh, conversation, or it was just having uh, Paul McCartney, you may have heard of him, he was in this band called The Beatles, uh, and he... he He's uh, talking about uh, some of his songs. I think they, I think they were all songs that, that were with the Beatles. Just kind of giving the backstory of them, giving a little information there. And um, uh, one of the songs he talked about was "Helter Skelter," which is off the you know the it was the Beatles' self-titled album, but we've all come to know it as the White Album. And Helter Skelter is uh, uh, has been said to be like a uh, a progenitor or a precursor to uh, heavy metal because it's you know it's very you know buzzy guitar heavy in its in its drumming and screechy yelling vocals and all that kind of stuff um, a very aggressive uh, a song and um, that it, it was possible for the Beatles to do that kind of thing but um, uh, it was more like uh, something that the Who would do. In fact, that's what uh, Paul McCartney uh, was talking about in his little bit there. He said that he had read an interview, and in, it was about 1967. It would have been it would have been about that time, um, 
he read an interview that Pete Townsend gave some music magazine or something. And Townsend was talking about how the how the Who had just recorded some, uh, you know, their their dirtiest, nastiest, meanest, or just this heaviest rock tune. He was very proud of it. Uh, and 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 Paul's reading this, and Paul during this his talk with with GQ, he couldn't remember what the song was. And and Craig, you know, sends this to me, and he tells me about he gives me a little short synopsis of what. Paul had said there, and I, I remember having watched this before. I've, I've seen that clip before. I forgot about that little segment about uh, Helter Skelter. So I rewatched, uh, rewatched that. I will link to it in the show notes. You just go to dimland.com and you click on the show notes slash blog option, and you'll you'll get to the show notes for this week's show, and I'll have all the links available for you. And uh, and I'll actually link. Uh, hope, hopefully, I'm be able to link it to right to that moment in that video. I mean, it wouldn't kill you to watch the whole thing of McCartney talking about his other songs. But I think it's after he talks about the song "Hey Jude," he talks about uh, "Helter Skelter." And uh, and as I so, it, Paul never heard the song that Townsend was talking about. And when he was uh, giving this this his recollections on this, he he said at that point he says, "I still don't know what song it was." He just liked the idea of what Pete was saying. That he was he was saying, you know, this we did this really heavy, really nasty, really dirty kind of thing, and and that that this that just piqued Paul's interest. He says, "Yeah, I want to do something like that." So he goes in, and he talks to the boys. He says, "We got to do something like that. We got to we do, you know do something like the Who." And hearing Paul say that for this Who fan was 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 refreshing it was fantastic because as a who fan i've noticed the the debate that's that goes on among people when they talk about classic rock bands and and, and pop bands and whatever when they're talking about they that it, it comes down to this question so often you know you know which who is the better rock band the beatles or the rolling stones they always they, they boil it down to those two bands the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, and if if it's and I came up with this sort of a joking answer, that if somebody asked me that, I'd say, well, that's easy. It's the Who. It's neither. It's the Who. If you're talking rock band, now we can you you can parse this out differently because because the Beatles. Now this is my opinion, my estimation, my way of looking at it. The Beatles. And I think others might, people might agree with me. But in a general sense, the Beatles were more of a pop band, and the the Rolling Stones were more of a blues band, and the Who were more of a rock band. But the Beatles certainly could get bluesy and and rock, and the Stones certainly could rock and get poppy, and the Who could get poppy and bluesy, but. In a general sense, with the three bands, the Beatles were pop, the Stones were blues, and the Who was rock. And if you're asking who was the best rock band, you are correct. The Who is the best, is the greatest rock band of those three. And in my opinion, they're the greatest rock band ever. But of those three, it would be the Who. And so what was so cool was to hear, hear McCartney talking about competing with the Who. 
and and you know not talking about competing or being inspired by the Rolling Stones or the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, because we we knew about that. We knew Paul McCartney took uh, great inspiration from uh, from the 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 Beach Boys Pet Sounds album. We knew that, and we knew there was that rivalry between the Beatles and the Stones, <clears throat> which by the way. Recently, McCartney said something so disparaging about the, the the Stones being well. They were just a cover, a blues cover band. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to have a sip. It's getting to those dry weather days, <clears throat> so it gets drier in the house. My throat gets drier, so mm, I got to be careful about that. So I don't, I don't want to be coughing on the show. I don't have a cough button, so I don't have a sniff button either. <clears throat> but it was really good. To see that, to see McCartney say that, we we, we got to do it like the Who, you know, try and do something dirty and nasty like the Who. Well, the song, you know, I, I said to Craig, I said, well, I, I'm pretty sure the song is I can see for miles, that that McCartney was was uh, talking about there, that that Townsend was referring to I can see for miles. It fits the time frame, and then I. From what I've read and something, I, I, you know, it seems like that would be the song, which I don't know if I consider that the heaviest, uh, dirtiest, uh, you know, nastiest Who song. I mean, my generation seems to be pretty, you know, mean anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, it, it would seem to be that song. That's, that's what I thought, and, and that seems to fit the timeline. Uh, and then, according to Wikipedia, it is uh, "I Can See for Miles," uh, and you know, and and then it inspired, without McCartney ever hearing the song, just reading about Townsend, what Townsend said about the song, inspired the song "Helter Skelter." Uh, and I think uh, 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 I think it's also in the in the Wikipedia art, article on it uh, that McCartney did hear. Uh, I can see for miles, and he said it didn't. It didn't impress him as being the kind of song Townsend was saying it was, which is what you know I had just said there. Uh, you know, although it's a great song, it's a great song. It was a disappointment to Townsend. I mean, he really liked that song. He really liked it. He thought he thought this. He thought he had really come. He nailed it. This was going to be a huge hit in the United States and in in in, in the UK. This was going to be a huge hit, and it was a hit for him. But it just didn't really perform the way he thought it would. That it didn't chart the way he was thinking it would. And he felt disappointed in in that. But that's okay. Uh, it led to Tommy, uh, which led to you know who's next and Quadrophenia and you know and <clears throat> yeah. So it was it was it was uh, like I said, it was so um, gratifying to hear. McCartney saying, you know, at that time he wanted to compete at least on one song with The Who. And that was cool. And speaking of The Who, <clears throat> I, I have a Spotify subscription, uh, we do here in our family, and, and uh, uh, each year Spotify puts up your year in review. You know, what artists did you listen to most? What songs did you listen to? What genres did you listen to? You know, that kind of thing. And, um, it's it's early December when it comes out, so I hope they take into account December 2021 because there's still a month left in this year. You know, you do a year in review in the early December, you still got a month. 
But uh, there's three things I wanted to point out on this list uh, uh, of information that I got from Spotify. Of course, they put my top artist that I listen to. Well, gee, what band do you think that would be? You are correct. It's The Who. Uh, I, won't <laughs> I won't play around. It's The Who. Of course, I listen to them the most this year. Uh, my top artists... And, I'll, and I'll, it, they give me the top five, the top five artists. And I'm going to go from five, count it down to one. We already know who number one is. But at number five was R.E.M., which kind of surprised me, but not totally. A lot of R.E.M. songs on my playlist that I listen to. I, I have a huge playlist. It's got over 4,500 songs in the playlist. And I just roll that over and over. I just put it in random and just let it you know, shuffle through. So, uh, But then I'll pick songs purposely pick songs and load them into the queue and listen to them uh, on a very uh, on, a, on a regular basis I'll do that and, that, and that'll come become apparent in my next uh, little segment I'm gonna talk about on the Spotify thing number four my number four most listened to artist was Pete Townsend this is solo stuff number three was XTC which could be called my second favorite band uh, number two would be the Beatles and of course number one the who uh, now, um, then they uh, gave me a list of my top songs. Now, as I said, sometimes I would I would purposely put f- songs into the queue to listen to them, and I would do that just to listen to them as often as I could. You know, I wouldn't. I'd listen to them every day for a long stretch, or you just you know, I just go to these certain songs just to purposefully have them show up in my top songs year end list. I would just do it just to just to manipulate Spotify a little bit because why not? <clears throat> At number five, <clears throat> uh, I cannot pronounce this <laughs> the name of the song. It's by a band called Nuremberg. Nuremberg. It's got the little umlauts over the U. Um, and it's that's a band. I think it's two brothers. I think that's what it is. It's, I know it's a two-member band, but uh, they are from uh, Belarus or Bela, yeah, Belarus. Uh, they're Belarusian, and the lyrics are in Belarusian. And you know, it's a, that Eastern European. Uh, I guess recently there's been an explosion of this uh, 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 rekindling of '80s post-punk music. So when you listen to Nuremberg. Uh, you will hear elements of like, like Joy Division, The Cure, Gene Loves Jezebel, uh, you, you, you Bauhaus maybe. You get this the post-punk feel from it. Uh, it it's re- I think it's really compelling and enjoyable. Uh, I have no idea what they're singing. I mean, you can look up for translations for them. You can find it. But um, I cannot pronounce this. I'm not even going to try. So at number five is a song by the band Nuremberg. I can't pronounce it, but I will link to it in the show notes. At number four is a song by 10CC. It's their it's it's their pinnacle, their masterpiece song, the band 10CC. It's the song "I'm Not in Love," which I think I talked about on this show some time ago when I I found some information about it, where how the guys uh, produced the song by all the singers in the band recording every note. You know, singing, you know, ah or ooh, and in every note, ah, 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 you know, ah, you know, just doing all those long notes, and then they would record every one of them, and they would use those to create sounds in the background. It was, it's just, it, it just was great, 
and it really influenced music after that. Billy Joel did a song where he did the same kind of thing, and I thought it was really cool. It, it was just this really um, uh, interesting production for a song that was just a, a kind of a, a different take on sort of a, of a love song, uh, and it's just really great. That the song is I'm not uh, I'm not in love. That came in at number four on my list. Number three of my most listened to songs of the year is a Paul McCartney song. Uh, Ever Present Past, which is a song from a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when. I didn't look it up, but again, I'll link to all these songs so you can check them out. It's just a catchy tune. It's a fun video. I think I talked about the song on a recent show, just to kind of discovering it. It says, oh, this is really, I like this. I like. I, I think this is a really cool McCartney tune. A catchy tune, nice melody. Of course, McCartney does, you know, he can, he can barely, nobody can beat him with melody. He's so good. Um, but it's catchy, so check it out in the show notes. Number two. <clears throat> Number two was the song The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins by the inimitable Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yes, the fellow who played Spock. <laughs> uh, he, did, he, he, he did a few albums. He would sing some songs. And uh, one song was The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins, the, our, you know, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. It's Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, bravest little hobbit of them all. It's just a catchy tune. It's silly. It's fun. Yeah, I know a friend of mine will be saying, but I thought you didn't like novelty songs. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> so that's number two. Number one, my number one most listened to song over the past year I listened to it, according to Spotify, I listened to it 59 times. There's a song called Prison Colsenantelanchuzo. I think I got that right. Uh, it's by Andriano Celitano. It's an Italian singer. The song came out in like 1972. It's a strut song. It has this, you know, you strut to it. It's got some great horns in it. It's been popping up in... I think it's in a commercial now. I don't know which commercial it is. I'll try to find out and put that in the show notes. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it, it's been making certain rounds. Um, there was this show, uh, an episode of Fargo. I forget which season it was. It was the, the TV show Fargo, where the song was played. And I went, oh, I, I know that. I know what is that. I know that. And I remembered where uh, I'd heard it from. I think from uh, George Robb's podcast, the Geologic podcast. Which um, uh, he was, he, he brought the song up because there's something interesting about the song, and I'll, I'll link to a, a, a NPR um, uh, interview of the of this Ad, uh, Adriano uh, Celitano. Uh, if there's an interview they do of him um, through a translator, he speaks Italian. Uh, the song is something that he he um, improvised. He he wanted to do a song that sounded like it was American English. But it, it's it's gibberish. It's all just made up American English sounding kinds of words. There's only one word or two words, depending on how you look at it, that are actually English words, and it's all right. They say all right. So it, it it's um it's very interesting. It's, it's a cool song. Like I said, it's a strut song. It's the kind of song that you listen to and you strut to it. 
You know, it's it's it has that great horns. It just it feels cool. It's almost like a rap song, well before rap came out, but not quite. Uh, he sort of talks, sings it, um, and it's just great. It's just great. Prison, cool, sanenchen, sanenchen, and chulzo, or something like that. It's just great. It's uh, so you check it out. It'll be on the show notes page. You'll get to the show notes by going to dimland.com and clicking on the show notes uh, blog option. And check these out. They're, they're fun. And I'll I'll try to find some songs to purposefully put into my list to listen to over and over. And we'll see what kind of uh, uh, what kind of top five songs I have uh, this time next year on Spotify. Good night, doctor. Good night. Frau okay, got to the end of another show. Uh, you know, COVID is still a thing. There's the Omicron coming up. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. So wash your hands, uh, wear a mask, get vaccinated, get boosted, do those things. Be skeptical. Uh, and remember that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com, and I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going well, to hell. hell.